Genre. Long Way Around, the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Menez, and that's it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Today on the show, we'll be discussing Paradise Towers, the seventh doctor's second story. Uh, and before we get into part one of Paradise Towers, so here's what I'll say. So first off, Paradise Towers, having, you know, watched all these before and now rewatching, uh, I've always had a thing where when I watch the Colin Baker era, I kind of look at it as very misguided, but you understand why they're doing what they're like, you understand where the decisions are coming from, like sure. what, what, why they're trying to be doing what they're doing. The Sylvester McCoy era just – it always felt to me like – it was – it it always felt to me like they weren't trying um, in a lot of ways. And so I've never really had too much of an attachment to, to a lot of the um, – Sylvester McCoy uh, stories, you know, like a lot of people really like Ghostlight, and I, it, Ghostlight's fine. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about most of his stories. It's like, yeah, they're they're fine. Even the ones that people really really like, I'm like, I mean, it's fine. Um, and I'd always felt that, and I had apparently watched Paradise Towers really early on because I had forgotten what it was, and then watching it this time, I was like. Oh, this is hands down my favorite Sylvester McCoy story. Hands really? down. Oh my God, yes. Um, and the reason while I was watching it, I was like, God, this reminds me of like Dread 3D. Like it reminds me of like a Judge Dread story. Yes, it, yes. And it reminds me of like my favorite parts of High Rise, like the movie that came out uh, earlier this year. Yeah, directed by Doctor Who veteran Ben Wheatley. Right. Okay, so I'm looking up the background for the story, and uh, John Nathan Turner, uh, the producer of the show at this point, um, he wanted, uh, you know, after reusing a lot of people during the Colin Baker era, he decided that he wanted to get some fresh blood in because maybe that was what the problem was. He wanted to see, like, oh, like, like, you know. Maybe because we're using these same people all the time, maybe they're out of ideas, we get fresh blood in, and we'll get some fresh ideas. So he brings in this playwright uh, named uh, Stephen Wyatt, and uh, he had written for, for, for theater and for like BBC radio stuff. And so we brought him in to write a story. And at the time, Wyatt was developing – uh, a adaptation of J.G. Ballard's 1975 novel, High Rise. 
Huh. Damn. And uh, when he, uh, when he, so so like so this guy, um, Stephen, yeah, Stephen Wyatt, see Wyatt, and then uh, da, 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 da. let's see, Andrew Cartmel. I'm trying to figure out who this guy is in connection to everything else. Um, um isn't he the script editor? Oh, right. That's right. He's the new script editor. Yeah. Since Eric Stayward, Stayward stepped down. You're totally right. Okay. I missed that in the first paragraph. Okay. <laughs> so so Andrew Cartmel, he came on uh, and at the same time as this guy. And so they start working together on this story. And he is like, well, I'm, I've been, I, you know, I was trying to adapt this, high, the, this novel High Rise. It didn't work out. And he was describing to Wyatt the story and Wyatt was like, man, you know what that really reminds me of? It reminds me of really great comics written by Alan Moore, these Judge Dredd stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> written by Alan Moore. And I was just like – I read this and I was like, how – that that's – what? Like, it's so <laughs> – so like the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, man, this reminds me so much of High Rise and Judge Dredd. And that's exactly what it was. That's awesome. It's, okay. it's Doctor Who's take on that novel and Judge Dredd. So if you ever uh, wondered what a J.G. Ballard Doctor Who would be like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here it is with Paradise Towers. It is literally high rise. And, and, and not in a derivative way because I effing love this episode so much. Uh-huh. Um, but uh-huh. Yeah. And it, and it did really remind me of like, a, like a, it was like a high school production of Dredd. It's um, also also uh, uh, prepare yourselves for this comparison. I don't know if you picked up on this, but it's also like just the most intense game of Pokemon Go gone wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's literally like Team Mystic and the other one. Team Instinct, and like team. and they talk about a third team, the yellow team, and I was like, <laughs> "What is this? Are you serious?" <laughs> It's just, I was like, it's just literally like, this is what happens when a pokey stop, like post-apocalyptic pokey stop. Oh my yeah. god! Um, yeah. Also, was getting, also was getting kind of some Beyond Thunderdome vibes. Oh yeah, totally. Although, was this before that? No, this was eighty-seven. Yeah, so this was shortly after that because okay. I think that was eighty-five. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Yeah. So, so Nick, tell us mm-hmm. about part one of Paradise Towers. I will. I gladly will. So, um, we open on um, a young woman dressed all in yellow, uh, which we, which we, uh, we later will learn uh, is the last remaining yellow Kang, <laughs> which is kind of uh, the gangs. The gangs are called Kangs, and uh, it's not a Doctor Seuss story. And um, that's uh, that's Team. Uh... Which team one? Inst- which instinct. Team, yeah, instinct. team instinct. Yeah, which is the yeah. team I'm on in Pokemon Go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, the other Kangs are just like you hear. Okay, so you hear like the jeering of other like young women, girls, off screen, and she looks like really scared. And uh, then she's like, "I think they're, I think they're done looking at me." And then, in classic Doctor Who fashion, she sees something off camera and screams, and uh, presumably is murdered. Um, and then and then cut to the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I uh, what I also like about this and, you know, because there is a lot of shouting in the in the background from the other 
the other girls. But yeah, immediately I think of Dread 3D and the uh, high rise in Dread 3D. Yeah, um, such a uh, Cass. Have you seen Dread? I haven't. Oh, it's it's, oh, it's, it's so good. It, it's it's a perfect like Friday night movie. Yeah, Just it's I, I mean it's 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 post apocalyptic Die Hard. Like it's okay. Awesome. Carl, Carl Urban is, is as Judge Dread. Uh, Olivia Thurlby as uh, Judge Anderson and friggin' so good. friggin' just scene. Oh, was, uh, yeah, Le- Lena Lena Hetty scene uh, chewing Lena Hetty as the villain. Nice. Uh, she, as the Ma- she's she's the yeah she's uh, the crime boss Mama. Yeah, named Mama. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna watch yeah. this. Now. <laughs> oh, it's so good. She's got like a really like gnarly scar down her face. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Good. And she has like that like that like shock of like that like kind of haircut thing where it's all just chopped off. Yeah, oh, so good. And, um, but yeah, also, I, also in that I, movie for a hot second is uh, General Hux. Oh, that's right. That's right. He is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So so I uh, right off the bat, I was caught off guard a little bit because while this is something that they have done in modern Who every once in a while, um, I don't remember it coming up a lot in classic Who, but the future slang. Yeah, it's it's very uh, you know. We, we, I'm sorry, we keep we keep throwing out references, but it also reminded me, especially when we meet the the blue kings and the red kings later on. It reminded me a lot of like Dark Knight Returns, like Frank Miller. Yes. Slang. Yeah. No. Totally. And it, and it reminds me of uh, slaying in the Judge Dredd comics and and in the movies and uh, you know just just uh, it, yeah. it's very comic booky. This, yeah, and like the Beyond Thunderdome vibes because you know the Beyond Thunderdome had such you know like. Like break a deal, face the wheel, like two mm-hmm. men and one man leave, and the the Kangs have such a cool like like lexicon, you know, like mm-hmm. oh they want to Joshishu, oh 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 they want to how you do, you know, um, yeah, and it, it surprisingly as far as future speak goes, it's like really not that awkward or cringy, like it it, it kind of it flows really well, I think. Well, yeah, because you can parse it out, yeah. You know, more so than like the future slang in the in the epilogue episodes of Dollhouse, where you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. Which kind of just Joss Whedon just like and back and right. Yeah, he's just like trying a little too hard. Um, but I, uh, but the, but it's also interesting because having you know having them point out Alan Moore, who had a uh, really great run on on um, on Judge Dredd, and also wrote V for Vendetta, which this is also a little bit like, right. has a lot of themes in common with. Um, but he also is, uh, what early in his career, wrote a lot of Doctor Who comics. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would be really interested to read those. Yeah, he wrote a lot of Doctor Who comics. I think that's where he met the uh, the artist for um, Watchmen. Wow. They They worked on oh, Doctor Gibbons. Who comics. Oh, yeah, Dave Gibbons. Yeah, he he and uh, Alan Moore had a run on the Fourth Doctor, I believe. Yeah. If I can ever find the cave that Alan Moore is is hiding in now, I'd love to ask him about what <laughs> what drew him to Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't I don't think he'd want to talk about it because it's not his own thing. Sure, yeah, and he'd kill me because I was born after uh, 1975. Yeah, and and because you don't uh, you don't uh, believe in his snake god. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. You praise to. That that's a real thing. He he prays to a snake god. Guys, oh. Google Alan Moore. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
He's okay. a he's an old wizard now. He's an old he's an old wizard that lives in a that lives in a cave by himself. And every once in a while, they'll ask him what he thinks about reboots. And no, he has a wife. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, they both they both uh... they pray to the same snake god. Yeah, that's what it's do. all about. Yeah, I mean, really, when you come down to it. There's a great anyway, so we're still, we're still, we're still line, out of the teaser. There's a great line when Harry met Sally when Billy Crystal's like, you just want to find someone that prays to the same snake god as you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was drinking water Sorry. when you were saying that. And I, and as soon as you started with the accent, I knew what you were going to do. And I oh. was already starting to laugh. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so the Yellow King is, is murdered. Uh, by what uh-huh. we don't know. Um, meanwhile, in the TARDIS, um, a very, very energetic young Mel. Young Mel? Mel is um, super excited because she is going to go swimming. She's really excited about the swimming pool in, in Paradise <laughs> Towers. And that shot of the doctor just being like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, he's just, just like, come on. Swimming? <laughs> swimming? <laughs> <laughs> boring like he wants to like go on an adventure and mel's like no doctor i want to swim and it's really i cute. just want to i just want to lay out and get some sun he's just you just want to i want to take you across space and time and you just want to lay there <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of uh of that episode of um with the 10th doctor and donna um where like oh where, yeah yeah where donna's at that resort the whole time it's uh midnight midnight, midnight yeah yeah um, that heartbreaking episode. Um, and, um, terrifying. Yeah. So, uh, so they get to Paradise Towers, which is supposed to be this like huge mall slash resort. Um, I believe they say, I believe he said it was built in the 21st century. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so the doctor's not really that into it, but he's like, ah, what the hell? It'll make Mel happy, which immediately is already a big up from, uh, last week when the doctor seemed intent on like physically and emotionally dominating his companion. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, I, I'd forgotten about Mel in the time since we last saw uh, her time with the Ronnie. Um, I st- I still don't know what I think of her. Um, I'm still I'm still working that out. Uh, so they so they get the Paradise Towers. Mel's like I'm I just want to swim about it. I'm not really that you know into adventures. And um, so they get to Paradise Towers and. It looks pretty. It looks pretty Robocopy. It 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 looks it looks like Detroit now. Uh, it's like very run down and very like there's graffiti everywhere and it looks very post apocalyptic. And mm-hmm. Perry's like, "No, nah, where's my pool?" And the doctor's like, "Ah, oh, we're talking. That's great." Uh, <laughs> and Look like, at those rats. Look at those rats. Yeah, there's like rats scuttling around. They're like, Mah. uh. So meanwhile, uh, caretaker three four five dash twelve subsection three. Is, uh, <laughs> is 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 uh, he's making his rounds? He's walking around the the hallways of Paradise Towers, and he seems to be talking to someone called the the caretaker, the chief caretaker. And he's found evidence of uh, graffiti, and so he's just doing his thing. And he finds a, a bloodied rag on the ground. And uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, the Doctor and Mel run into I, and this was kind of the first mind blowing moment of this episode because you know you have to understand I have zero context or hints of what's going on <laughs> so like about seven seven minutes into the episode the doctors are confronted with um a girl gang uh all in red called the red kangs and i was just like 
oh my god, yes. <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted this, but this is amazing. <laughs> they they just look like they're in like a like a Billy Idol video, you know. Um, so they're, they're really rambunctious. They're a rambunctious group about, you know, they look like a roller derby team. And, um, so, so the doctor, you know, Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy does his, his thing and he actually is able to charm the Red Kangs. So they actually like him. Well, they like his clothes. They said he, what's their word for old people? Is it just olds? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So they they like his clothes. Um they think that his 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 the 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 um the, they they quickly learn that the 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 social hierarchy of um of, of Paradise Towers is very much based on like what you wear and like what your fashion is. Uh so they hate Perry. I mean they hate Mel because Mel is is dressed in blue and blue is the color of the blue kings and um so they do the the red kings teach them this actually really cool um a uh, greeting ceremony where it's like fake punch show the hand fake punch show the hand put the hands together bow and i was like dope like, <laughs> i'm into that because it's like i can hurt you but i'm not i can hurt you but i'm not and then sylvester mccoy does it and uh they kind of like yeah there's blue kangs there's red kangs there's olds there's caretakers who are like cleaners cleaners and there's no boys uh, right. And then there's reses. Reses. Yeah. Something called reses. And, and those are kind of like the only because, you know, they asked the doctor, like, well, what are you? You have to be one of those things. And the doctor's like, well, I guess I'm an old uh, by proxy. And so um, they introduce. So there's um, oh, their names are like Fire Escape and, <laughs> and Bin Liner, which just dope names. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah, but they're like the Yellow Kings are all are all dead or like the only one alive. And so it's just now it's just the blue kings and the red kings. Meanwhile, uh, a blue king. Speak of the isn't devil. that isn't that just uh, isn't isn't that just typical of Pokemon Go? Yeah, typical, <laughs> yeah. Uh, blue Instinct ki- always gets the short shaft. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, because yeah, because they're the least. Uh, they're the they're the we're uh, we're we're like the airbenders. You know, we just all we <laughs> want to do is just live in our. You know. You never see a yellow base because it's like, no, nah, man, you're working. God, could you imagine if they made a Pokemon Go app that was like Avatar? Somehow. Yeah, totally. I'd play that. Mm-hmm. But everyone would want to be an Avatar. Nah, dude. Waterbending's where it's at. Oh, man. I don't, I don't think you could be. I mean, you'd have to, be, you'd have to pick a team, I think. You'd have to pick a team. What, what team would you pick, Scott? Waterbending, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd be an airbender. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, Caretaker, so, Caretaker three four five dash twelve subsection three is uh, reporting that the Yellow Kings are all dead, um, and uh, then uh, they see a robot driving. Like, <laughs> okay, so the score for this episode is is a is a gift. Uh huh. It's just this great, like, synth, like, oh, my God. Like, I, I, I want to say John Carpenter, but that feels almost kind of like not even – doesn't even say anything in it at this point. But, yeah, it's really, really great. And so you well, see there, – there's the there's the bit where the doctor I, – I don't know what episode this is in. Um, but there's the bit where the doctor is, like, running down the hallway. And it's literally just playing the Doctor Who theme. But it's, like, yeah. super, like – it's super, like, fist-pumpy, like, synthy. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why don't they do that more? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's like that bit at the end. The uh, this is this is very specific reference that you two will get, and like five other people listening. But uh, it's like the bit in uh, in the uh, season one finale of Buffy when they play the theme song. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, a, <laughs> yeah. And you're I'm like, a, ah! <laughs> I'm a big fan of 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 bringing the theme back, but in a different way. Yeah, uh, I mean, like Creed, um, very great example of using your theme very wisely. Um, oh yes, yes. Yeah. Um I was like uh, I was like I was like what movie used Creed as a theme? Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a great moment in Creed where they play Can You Take Me Higher. Right. Um, Can you take me higher? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh so, so we see the leg of the last yellow Kang we saw from the cold open just sticking out of this kind of weird like trash can robot with like pincers. Um, and he has like headlights for eye. He's a, he's a, he's a, this is a, this is a, a, a great, great addition to uh, amazing doctor who robots that we've covered. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's basically, it's, it's definitely made out of a floor buffer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's definitely, that's, yeah, that's definitely what it's made out of. Um, but it it looks like if the guy – I mean speaking of RoboCop, you brought it up earlier. If the guy that built the uh, the, the little robot dude that like killed all the off the people in the boardroom. Um, oh, yeah. What is the name of that thing? Not Ed 209, right? Yeah, Ed 299. Yeah. Okay, it's, like, it, it, it's like if they if – if the guy who b- built Ed 209 was like – like that family guy joke. Like <laughs> – like, we we have about fifteen dollars, and he's just like running down the street with the with the yeah. rake. It's, it's it like, oh man, that's what it looks like. It's just it looks like they were like, ah, let's do this, and they showed him the drawing, and like, well, we don't have the money for that, but we can do this. Did you mean <laughs> this? And they just like showed this like wagon with like a trash can on the back that's like big, yeah. enough, to a, big enough to fit a human body, but not that much because the leg is always okay. A leg is always sticking out. Yeah. Um, to show that a character has been killed, they will just show their leg sticking out. Um, out of its little caboose. It's a little caboose, which is, you know, I think a welcome change from the, the bloodshed we saw last week. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, that's happening. Meanwhile, the doctor is trying to find out more about this, this hellscape from the Red Kangs. And uh, they, it's clear they don't like Perry. Um, I mean, they don't like, why do I keep doing that? They don't like Mel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Ben Liner, uh Tells them to like, hey, wait, 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 what's going on? And so they, because they start talking about, Mel's like, I want to go to the pool. And they're like, shut up about the pool. And uh, they refer to the pool as the pool in the sky. Mm. But um, it's kind of, it's clear that no one has really gone to the pool. And so they, um, so they capture Mel and the doctor and take them back to their base. Meanwhile, caretaker 345-12 subsection 3 um, finds himself, um, sandwiched in between two of these robots, and uh, and then the, he's 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 killed by the the robots that are called cleaners. But it's revealed that uh, the caretaker is actually compliant to the murder and that he's actually okay with it. And uh, and he calls, and then after that's happening, he he kind of put, puts a, a a bounty on um, any red uh, wall scrawler, which is kind of people that draw on the walls in the fountain of happiness square. 
And so meanwhile, the Red Kangs are taking uh, Mel and, and the Doctor to a new location. And uh, But then the caretakers move in to attack, and in the aftermath, uh, Mel actually runs away. And uh, the Doctor is taken prisoner by the caretakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, uh, the women from Absolutely Fabulous are... <laughs> uh, or also, they kind of also reminded me of um, the sisters from Coraline. Uh, yeah, yeah, and so I could see that they also uh, the one I think it's is it because it's Tilda and Tabby. Yes, but I'm not sure which is which. I think it's Tabby. I think the one. I think the 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 skinnier one in pink was Tilda, and I think okay. the kind of rounder blue one was Tabby. So so Tabby reminds me of that movie The Witches. Yes. The Raw Doll movie. I kept waiting for movie. her to like turn into a rat. God, that's um, that seems crazy. I was getting like a like a hocus pocus vibe from them too. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's- um it also it also feels like somewhere in that apartment uh they're keeping Harry Potter. Um yeah, there's like yeah. a dead body yeah. or something. Like. Yeah. So uh, they've got a Dursley vibe about yeah. it. So these women are cannibals. Uh, <laughs> they 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 feast they feast on humans' meat. And um, I love the subtle moving away of like this giant femur that's just like on a on a plate. Yeah, they have no chill about their cannibalism. <laughs> um, so they're very hungry. And then who should come? Just 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 stumbling in, but Mel and. They're like, I want you to come inside for some tea. And Mel's like, now this is more like it. <laughs> this is what I want. And so they, they untie her. Uh, not immediately. Um, they, they untie her. And uh, they are called Rezies. And um, they, they invite Mel in with tea and crumpets and cake. And it's just, it's great. They love, she loves it. She's like, this is what Rezies I want. Rezies short for residence. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the doctor is is now under the uh, under the care of the caretakers, um, and uh, they allow him a short rest. And he finds a wall scrawl on the wall depicting a Kang being attacked by a mechanical claw uh, with other mechanical objects. And the doctor's like, I mean, the doctor's like, what's what's this? Is this anything? And the deputy chief caretaker's like, yeah, it's just stupid millennials. They're just drawing on walls. And uh so uh, one of the robots t- turn a corner and uh, the doctor's like, oh, it's some kind of robotic cleaner. And then the doc- the robot's like, yeah, good theory, dude. Check out my claw. And then the, the, the doctor like runs away from it. Um, meanwhile, back at the house, a still oblivious Mel is um, being encouraged to just keep eating. And they're doing I mean, they're like the trolls from The Hobbit. They're just they're like. Oh, you're so skinny. We need to plump you up. And she's like, that's a normal thing for women to say. And <laughs> just just not at not getting the hint at all. Uh, so just when you think that uh, Mel's about to get eaten, uh, and just when you think that this episode is all out of blessings, uh, another <laughs> blessing literally breaks through the door. Uh, oh, yes. So a guy kicks open the door, and he kind of looks... Like when I say okay, let's okay. explain what you mean by kick open because you say kick open through the open the door. It sounds like he kicks the door and it opens, but he just punches and kicks through the door. Yeah, the door breaks. Which 
apparently happens a lot with this guy. Yeah, and they they're not. So he bursts into the door. He's wearing like a bullet like belt. Um, he kind of looks like Alan Tudyk. Uh, and so and um, this kind of looks like he reminds me of um, he reminds me of uh, Reese from uh, Terminator. Terminator, yeah. yeah, but not as cool. Um, yeah, Kyle Reese. Yeah, so, yeah. No, no. He's like he's like Kyle Reese if uh, if he was uh, like clone a clone of a clone, like in multiplicity. Sure. Aww. Yeah. He's yeah. Um, and Family Guy parlance, I guess he would be called like bitch Reese. Um, <laughs> and so so yeah. So the so the women Tilda and Tabby are are not even that mad. They're just like oh, and this guy's name this is again. This guy's name is Pex. Um, his name is Pex. His name is and Pex. he's really strong. <laughs> and he's really he's the strongest, and he loves to punch, and he's really strong. You <laughs> and guys. he works out all the time. He works out so much, and he's and really he, strong. And he, and he practices his kung fu moves. He loves practicing kung fu, and he's and really strong. And his name is Pex. And his name is Pex. Um, <laughs> he's a lot like Andy Samberg's character in Hot Rod. Um, and. Pex's job is by his own quote, he puts the world of Paradise Towers to rights. Um, <laughs> he's he's not a member of any other group or clan. He just he's this weird like teenager that runs around punching through doors and just everyone hates him. You guys ever watch the adventures of Pete and Pete? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like he's like the guy, the strongest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Strongest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, just kind of this average looking like 18 year old kid. And um, <laughs> so Mel's like, okay, I guess you're in my life now. And meanwhile, the, <laughs> the, the doctor and the, and the caretakers are, um, they managed to escape the cleaner. Mel decides to leave Tilda and Tabby, which they're weirdly cool with. Um, well, there's a witness now. Oh, yeah. They're like, well, we can't eat Pex. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Pex is like, hey, you should stick with me because I'm I'm the strongest. I'm strong and I, I can use Kung Fu and I can punch and I can kick. So you should probably stay with me. And she's Here's like, the thing, guys. You think he's summarizing. He isn't. No. That's it's like that's dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I can punch and kick and no Kung Fu. And I work out all the time. I work look out. what I can do. Look, look what I can. She, it's just like look what I can do in uh, uh, Mel, just like constantly. Like yeah. look what I can do. And he just like rips something off a wall and like bends it in half. And Mel's honestly, just like, oh. it's like a five year old came up with like a super soldier idea. Like, yeah, he's like amazing. axe cop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. So Mel's like, okay, you are a you are a disaster, but. <laughs> You do know how to get around here. You live here, so you can help me find the doctor. I'm ready for Pex to be a full time companion. I love Pex. So they so um they come across some blue kangs and they just immediately just start shitting on Pex. Um <laughs> They they all know who he is and he's like famous for being just like the biggest pussy in all of Paradise Towers. Um they just they he's a coward. Um, and so meanwhile, the doctor is brought before the chief caretaker who we saw earlier, who, uh, takes him to the original architect of paradise towers. And, uh, the, it's kind of like this disembodied voice 
and uh, the deputy asks what should be done, and the the great architect says that the doctor should be killed, and that is the end of part one. Actually, kind of a mellow, pretty mellow uh, cliffhanger, all things considered. Yeah, well, the the chief, or as I call him, not Hitler, um, not Hitler is interesting because they really go for it in parts one and two. And then by the time three and four come around, they're like, you know, maybe the Hitler thing, maybe we went too far. And so his mustache gradually grows out. Yeah, it's like over the course of the four episodes. So then he has like just like a full mustache by part four. But when you first meet him, that's it. That is a Hitler stash. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Um, Yeah, it's he's a great character. Yeah. Oh, man. Not Hitler. Really good. Really good. Uh, Yeah, no, I love I love. Like part one, I was just I'm I'm just enraptured by this world. And what I love about this story is, you know, people complain about what the 80s did to Doctor Who. But to me, this is like this story. And then there's there's another story uh, later with with Sylvester McCoy with Ace that I feel is also uh, good like this. Um, where it just it is very eighties, but like in a good way, in a way where it's like, well, if the stories were more like this instead of you know time in the Ronnie, I think this this era would be remembered more fondly. Yeah, because it's just so fun, and yeah, it's it's very it's very much like for children, but in a in a in a charming way. Well, yeah, and and Mel, I mean, you know, Bonnie Langford literally plays Mel like she's a uh, like the host of a children's show. Um, like you keep remember, I, I, like every like she's sitting there with the tea, and she like I just imagine her just being like she's sitting there like eating the tea and crumpets and uh, talking to the two old women, and uh, I just kept waiting for her to like look at the audience and just be like. So where are those cannibals? Do you see them? Like, what's that? Where? Like, like I just, she's just like a children's show host, and it's, uh, it's, it's kind of weirdly charming. I mean, the thing is, this is literally about you know machines devouring people, um, and people devouring people for that matter. So it's not really child appropriate really um but it's done in such a fun way that it's i don't know like it's kind of got yeah it's got like that robocop vibe and what was that show about the clown that had a couch a big big comfy couch yeah yeah yeah, mel's very merry very very much so like a big comfy couch kind of yeah I i think they have similar hair actually yeah um yeah yeah. But uh yeah, so anyway, I I God, I love this story. Um Cass, tell us about part 2. Okay. Oh. Um so you want to talk too. Okay. So part <laughs> 2. Um <laughs> the Where the doctor am I? 
Yeah, it's like Doctor Who sucks. Um, so the, <laughs> the doctor um, is trying to convince the 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 chief um, caretaker because the chief caretaker thinks that the doctor is like this great architect that built the building. Um, so he's like, "No, no, I'm I'm not that guy." And the chief's like, "Yeah, clearly you are. You're you're dressed like a weirdo. So clearly you made this." Um, so the the chief, you know, orders him the deputy to to do the execution um and he gets a like a phone call from one of the other caretakers um a, like uh walking around doing his beat thing um and he he gets notified that the the three four five slash twelve subsection three guy um is is dead um and you know i don't, he's like i don't know what to do um so the care the the chief caretaker goes and um I guess he's like really into watching executions or something because he he kind of tells the deputy to to postpone it till he gets back um and to, to just guard the doctor. Um so Mel and Pex, meanwhile, are are running around looking for the doctor. Um and they run into the Red Kangs again and they find out that one of their group also has been killed by the evil cleaning robots. Um, and this this next scene that I'm about to describe is honestly my favorite or one of my favorites because it's so <laughs> dumb, but it just, it's so <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, so... The deputy and this other caretaker guy, they're guarding the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, hey, let me see that rule book, because they're super about, like, literally, like, doing everything by the book. Um, and they're just, they, like, hand it over, and they're like, yeah, this is our, this is our Bible, go ahead and read it. Um, and he, he, like, pretends, he's, like, flips through it, and he's like, oh, oh, did you guys see this? Like, Oh, you're supposed to. So he just pulls this crazy, like, thing out of his butt. And he's just like, Yeah, you're supposed to, uh, you know, turn around and close your eyes and walk five paces away from me and totally <laughs> not pay attention to me. And they're like, Oh, okay, you know, we must have missed that. There's, you know, the book's pretty big. Um, so the, the doctor tricks them into basically doing like Simon says and then he swipes one of their key cards and he he's like he takes their whole he takes their whole wallet which I just wanna I just how wanna do you not feel that like well, I just I just want everyone to 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 picture these guys because these guys they look like Nazis you know they're like wearing sort of like gray kind of Nazi uniforms only you know there's no like armband or anything and they have like really fancy hats, mm -hmm. um, but they're very dull looking. And when the doctor steals this guy's wallet, he like pickpockets him. It's like guy bright has green. It's neon green. Yeah, <laughs> like the most the most like eighties thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he it looks radioactive, uh, and, and he pulls it out. It's like I just. I want to know this guy's story now because you know he's like, well, you know, I can't uh, can't have my personality on my uniform, but 
Now that there's nothing in this rule book about my wallet. Right. Yeah, you know, I think the secret to these episodes, and I, I definitely think this still applies even to the show now, but the when you fill when you fill a story with really memorable and interesting and weird supporting characters, it really makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And like not like that interesting, like so awful that you can't help but notice them, but like like really building like the whole world. Yeah, like right. like 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 Pex is a is a is a really endearing character. <laughs> he's like a puppy. Yeah, he's like a puppy. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so the doctor picks this guy's pocket and takes the key card, <laughs> and he's like, you know, ta ta for now, and he he like leaves. Um, later jabronis. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, he, he's like later jabronis, and then and then they they both like. Look at each other and go, I don't remember, like, jabronis in the <laughs> rule book. That's weird. Huh. Uh, oh, well. Uh, nice fella. So, like, <laughs> the doctor escapes, um, and Mel and Pex are kind of, like, wandering around in circles. Um, and they find, you know, they find themselves back at the, the fountain square, and... Mel gets really annoyed and she finally is like, you know, she asks him a bunch of questions and, you know, like, do you even know where you're going? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally know where I'm going. Um, And there's this really, really funny moment where he's like leaning up against like a banister and she's like in the square and she's like, so where are we going? And he waits for her to kind of move in a direction. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that way. We're going that way. (laughs) this is like oh you you have no idea what you're doing um and so they they move out and they're they're like being followed by the blue kings um and the doctor keeps coming across this like weird graffiti so he like takes notes and he's looking for mel um and the chief caretaker is kind of doing this like eulogy for this caretaker guy and he's trying to you know, reassure and like keep order and everything. Um, and like, I don't know. He's a really slimy dude, this caretaker guy. Um, and, uh, we check back in with our, uh, like old lesbian cannibal neighbors and they, (laughs) well, they're just, they're, they're wrapping up eating someone. Yeah, they're like eating rats or something, and they're like, "Oh, it was delicious, but you know, it wasn't big enough." Ha 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 ha. Um, so they're, <laughs> they're weird. Exactly how they laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're visited by one of their neighbors, and they're just like, "Hey, man!" They they start gossiping, which I love because it's just like old ladies totally gossip with each other. That's just something that's part of the old lady like credo. Um, so they, you know, they're like, oh, man, did you hear another caretaker died? Um, and, you know, they, they're like, oh, we got to cover up our food because we're freaky. Um, and so the doctor, hi, the doctor, um, he has stopped, like, just passively observing. And now he's just deciding to break stuff because he comes across this phone, the, this pay phone, and he just, like, yanks it apart and just 
quarters start pouring out and he's like oh yes my lucky day so he like (laughs) dumps a bunch of quarters in his hat and puts the hat back on his head um which shouldn't work (laughs) but it does um and (laughs) like these two the two these two cleaners um they kind of like try to do the the pincer thing and he's like forced down this manhole um and he he comes to and he's in the um the red king like home base but they call it their brain quarters which i think is hilarious because it's like headquarters obviously but um (laughs) and he he's like you know I need to know what's going on here. Tell me what you know. Tell me about the cleaners. Like, what's going on? Um, and he, um, mean, like, he's, like, fiddling with another phone. Um, oh, my God, my new cat. I'm sorry. Um, Is he typing? So the, no. <laughs> he's writing angry emails. He's giving us a bad review because of what's yeah. happening here. He's like... This story sucks. My favorite doctor is David Tennant. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the host got a new cat and it won't shut up. <laughs> it's about himself. Yeah, I miss the old version. <laughs> oh, so the doctor is like fiddling with this other phone, um, and I guess. It, it's like a phone that's attached to a vending machine or something. Oh, um, right. Yeah. The soda. Yeah. So he's like, you know, this is, this is the vending machine. And they're all like, what's that? And he like puts a quarter in and it still works. And he like, it pops out a can of soda and he drinks. It still it. works and it's cold. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't know. Cause it's been, I, I would assume it's been unplugged, but clearly not. Um, and so he they all he just buys, forgot what it was yeah he buys himself a can of soda and he opens it and they freak out because it makes a pop noise yeah um which is I really mean, cool. it looks like a bomb yeah like they're like bomb. oh god um and then he drinks it and then they're like mystified and it's like this like like communion they call it ice scene. hot it's really weird um but it's really cool um fizz aid fizz aid <laughs> fizz aid uh, so the chief caretaker after doing this like funeral or whatever for this guy, um, he, he goes to some dark, like weirdly lit area and he's talking to something and he keeps calling it like my pet and it's really uncomfortable. Um, he keeps referring to himself as daddy. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, like. I don't even... This is the creepiest part of the whole episode. I don't even know. So he's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, did you enjoy your, your your human snack? And he's, like, trying to placate it, but then he's also trying to, like, you know, I haven't been giving you all of these... Like, people keep disappearing, and most of it is not my fault. So you need to tell me what's going on. And, and the machine is like, feed me, Seymour! Yeah, yeah, it's like a big robot, like, furnace thing and it's like oh, i'm hungry <laughs> feed me <laughs> <laughs> so the chief's like uh oh, whatever um and he's he's gonna he's gonna catch the great architect and feed it feed the architect to the machine um yeah it like sate its hunger or something um and 
So Mel and Pex have been wandering around and I guess they got captured by the Blue Kangs and the Blue Kangs are like, we saw you with the Red Kangs. And Mel's like, yeah, because I was their prisoner. Duh. Um, and they all start making fun of um, Pex and they call him like a muscle brain and like like a scaredy cat. And it's really it's it's really it's very like playground bullying Mm -hmm. which is kind of um it's very unnerving to see like 20 year old women just like calling someone a scaredy cat until (laughs) he gets like really overwhelmed um (laughs) and they you know they find out a little bit about the world and how like there's like old people and like young people and they were sent off to live in this building and there was a war maybe but nobody really knows what happened um and the uh the chief finds out that the um the doctor escaped and he's going to like teach everyone a lesson and blah 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 so um and mel randomly finds herself back in this cannibal apartment and she's like i want more tea um so they feed her more tea and the the Red Kings are all drinking soda. Um, and the doctor, like, tries to, like, organize them to kind of, like, move them into doing something instead of just kind of passively living here. Um, and an alarm goes off and the leader of the Red Kings, she's, she says that uh, some caretakers are moving in on their, their headquarters. Um... And they start to break down the door, and um, Mel, at this point, is definitely going to get eaten. Um, and the yeah, like legit going to get eaten. Yeah, like, the creepy ladies, they're like, oh, you know, you're so sweet, but we're not... And Mel's trying to leave, but they're not letting her leave. Um, and they're like, we have no intention of letting you leave. And she's like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. And then they throw, like, like a knitted blanket or like a shawl <laughs> over Mel and use it like a net um and one of them like brandishes this like oversized like marshmallow fork at her and Mel is like screaming her head off and then that's how this ends pretty much <laughs> yeah the the yeah the crochet net is pretty fantastic <laughs> i like oh. that they just had it at the ready yeah I mean, you got to be prepared. You never know. Yeah. Um. So part three starts uh, with the doctor um, encouraging the Red Kings to escape. Um, and but before they do, uh, the caretakers they like break down the door and uh, uh, capture the doctor, and uh, it's gonna go. Take the, take him to the chief caretaker again. Um, there's a lot of the doctor being exchanged between groups of people. Uh, that's like sort of a theme. Of yeah, uh, they're just like they. Everyone just keeps stealing him back. In a lot of ways, this is Pokemon Go, and the doctor is the Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a Doctor Rora or something. I don't know. Doctor Rora. Uh, doctor Rora. <laughs> Uh, we should say at this point that Sylvester McCoy has just been a been a blanket of charm. Mm-hmm. 
Honestly, I mean, not for nothing, but I could I could picture Sylvester McCoy turning into like a Pikachu or something. Mm-hmm. Like a really old, wise Pikachu. Yeah, I, I think Pikachu. I could picture Pikachu dressed as the Seventh Doctor, like oh just like cosplaying God, it. The yeah, right, right. Yeah, the um, Sixth Doctor would be like Jigglypuff or something. I don't know. Um, no, the Sixth Doctor would be like Eradicate. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so then with um, okay. So, so Mel is uh, tied up in under this uh, crocheted net, and uh, Tabby and Tilda are just beside themselves because they're so excited. They're so that, hungry. Yeah, they're going to eat this woman, and. Their god Hannibal Lecter will finally be proud of them. Um, Good and, work, <laughs> And uh, Mel is like, "Oh, I, I think something's wrong with your waste disposal unit." And Tabby goes over to it, and then a claw bursts out of it, grabs her, and pulls her through it <laughs> uh, out of nowhere. I don't know. I, I I couldn't quite figure out like how Mel knew that that was what's going to happen, but. Or if it was just luck, but it happened. And when it happened, um, Tilda blames Mel and picks up a knife and goes to stab her with it. And then Pax just like does his normal bursting through the door thing. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even know. <laughs> he doesn't even know that anyone is. He doesn't even know that anyone's in trouble. He's just randomly (laughs) bursting through doors looking for people to help. You can assume that that's kind of how he enters every room. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's like, he's just like, oh, you don't think I can open this door? Well, I'll show you, door. Just (laughs) burst through it. I'm Pex. Um, so... I'm he bursts through the door. I'm Pax. I'm Pax. Uh, Tilda raises his raises her knife to throw it at him, and Pex gets terrified instantly. And uh, Dodd barely gets out of the way, and it it hits the what's left of the door behind him in a weird green screen close up, uh, because apparently the actor really didn't want a knife actually thrown at him, um, even a fake knife apparently. Uh, so he's a lot like Pex in that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bloody coward. Yeah, a bloody coward. Uh, so, so yeah, so then they they leave and Mel is like, okay, look, I want to get to the pool in the sky. Let's go. Pex says that <laughs> – Pex says that only the unalive – oh, yeah, and then – and and uh, Tilda ends up getting sucked into the – into the, the – uh, yeah, yeah they, she gets sucked into the uh, – Waste she, disposal she unit as well, and then literally in the exact same way that her friend died not right. more than two minutes ago. Right, and then her foot is sticking out of a cleaner that's like driving down the corridor for no reason. You know the, you know the drill. Yeah, um, and uh, so so yeah, so she's like, I want to go to the pool in the sky. We need to if you're gonna if you're gonna be with me again. My God, I can't believe you're with me again. But if you're going to be with me again, I want to go to the pool in the sky. You know, most people would want to take me to a pool. Look at me. And and he's just – I am 35 and 12 at the same time. Right. I don't – you have cooties. What are you talking about? They Um, both kind of – they both kind of are like weirdly adult children. 
Yeah, they are. It's very true. Um, especially when we see her bathing suit later. It looks like it looks like one of those awkward childish bathing suits that like when a uh, children's show host has like a day at the beach. Like that's the kind of swimsuit right. that they wear. <laughs> um, so uh, so anyway, so there, she he's like, OK, well, uh, the only people who go up there are unalive because he doesn't know the word dead. Um, they are unalive. Uh, but he's like, I nice. guess if you really want to go, if you're going to go without me, then I, I should probably accompany you. And she's like, all right, great. I don't um, care. Yeah. So so then uh, the doctor is talking to the, the, the chief tear- caretaker is like, ah, welcome back. You outsmarted us last time, but now you're here again. Uh, and uh, oh, I'm sorry. What's this about? Uh, what's about, what's this about two resis getting killed? And uh, he's like, yeah, 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 these, uh, these two uh, resis were killed. And he's like, oh, I should probably go investigate that. And he's like, what? And then he leaves. And the deputy's like, all right, well, I guess I'm watching you again. You're not going to outsmart me this time, though, because I know all about your rule book trickery. Uh, and he's very smug about it. And the doctor's like, oh, Jesus. Um, and uh, so then Mel and Pax enter a, an elevator. And they're in the elevator, and uh, it gets stuck as it's moving. Um, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and they're like, "Okay, well, I don't know what you're gonna, what we're gonna do." And then, meanwhile, Bin Liner and Fire Escape break into the chief's office and steal the doctor back. You see, this is this is what's <laughs> happening. Just keep. It's like they're playing capture the flag, and the doctor's the flag. Um, He's the MacGuffin. He is the MacGuffin in this. Uh, so the chief is interviewing Maddie, who is Tilda and Tabby's like sad little friend. And he's oh, yeah, like, like – The one that like they don't even want to eat because that's how lame she is. Right. <laughs> and and he's like, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you give me all the incident – or if you keep this incident quiet, if you don't tell anyone about it because I'm going to do all this investigation – but if you keep it quiet, you don't tell anyone, you don't you don't raise anybody's uh, you know chuckles, whatever. Uh, I will give you this this apartment, and uh, you can you can move in here, which is like you know twice the size of the one you're in now. She's like, all right, I won't say anything. It's like, okay, great. So then, uh, Pex is messing with the elevator controls, and uh, it. The the uh, the elevator like he messes with it and then the elevator goes all the way down to the basement and they hear somebody say soon shall I, I shall be free and they're just like oh all right <laughs> and that's then, weird yeah oh no <laughs> uh, and then uh, we're back in the brain quarters of the Red Kang gang and uh, which I'm just now realizing is probably why they're called. A Kang, because it's like gang, but one letter off. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, and uh, oh boy. Uh, so then there, the doctor is watching like an infomercial about uh, about the uh, the about Paradise Towers and the great architect uh, who is named uh, Croagnon. And uh, he tells them about Miracle City, which was like this place that was built by this guy, uh, which he he refused to move out of or let anyone in. Um, 
which I assume is uh, where, where, where is that where they are? I didn't understand the whole Miracle City thing. That's, I think it's like on a different planet or like a different area of. Okay, because the one thing the one thing that they never really go into or if they did, they did it in such passing that I missed it. They don't explain why no one ever leaves the building. Right. I think they I think they kind of hint at it like it's supposed to be like this, like, you know, how in World War Two they moved all the children and stuff to the countryside because like the the bombing of London was happening. Uh Um, I think this is kind of the same thing. Like they're moving all the children and the older people to this skyscraper, I guess, um, to like wait out this war or conflict or whatever that's happening. Oh, okay. Um, And it's been like, it must've been like at least 15 years because the kids are all grown up now and they speak like kids because they've just been running around this building with no parents. Right. Yeah, so, but I don't know why there's only girls, which is weird. But anyway, that's, that's yeah. what I yeah. – <laughs> uh, You know what else? I just I just realized because the ladies are uh, cannibals, it's also got a Snowpiercer vibe, this, this movie. Yeah. They know, the, they know the babies taste best. Yeah. Babies do – you know – guys, if you just wait, you'd have so much more food. I, it's stupid. Why would you eat a baby? That's dumb. Just <laughs> – I mean, they just taste the, best, Scott. That doesn't matter. You're trying to survive. Logistics. Come on. <laughs> good God. Anyway, um, good. Well, movie. they weren't eating. They weren't eating babies by the time the movie started. So maybe they like learned that lesson. Yeah, maybe. Um. So anyway, so <clears throat> so. Uh, the doctor is basically trying to convince. Uh oh yeah, so the the blue kings they show up, and uh, the doctor is like, okay, guy guys, like we all need to get together because this is this is all like we're not going to get anything done if we're constantly fighting uh, against each other. So, uh, you know, the yellow kings are all dead. You guys are probably next. All right, let's 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 get together. Okay, let's let's build a Pokemon gym and uh, let's do this. <laughs> we have uh, a common enemy. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Team Rocket. Um, yes. Yeah. So, how great would it be if in the next uh, like update for Pokemon Go they introduce like a fourth team and you could actually be on Team Rocket and like steal Pokemon and like cause I would love that. Stuff. That would be pretty amazing, actually. That would make me want to play the game more than it does right now. Because mm-hmm. there's um, no conflict right now. That's the problem with Pokemon Go. Yeah. That's why I, I know I would get bored with it really quickly. That's why I don't do it. I'm um, really bored with it right now because I'm not – now that I'm not in Chicago anymore, I'm not walking as much as I used to. Right. Uh, not a game you can play if you're not walking. Makes sense. Um, so Pex uh, gets the lift working again. Good old Pex. And they, uh, they go up uh, to the top. Uh, where they find this pool that is uh, pretty great. They're it's on floor. Cool. Th- they're on uh, floor three hundred four, and it's uh, like it's a clean area of Paradise Towers. It's mm-hmm. it's really nice. And Mel is like, "All right, let's go for a swim." And Pex is like, 
I don't know. That water looks pretty dangerous. Uh, Peck's uh, not brave, this guy. Um, also, not wrong, but not brave. Uh, <laughs> He's a guppy. Yeah. He's a real guppy. He is. Uh, so it turns out, like, so, like, Mel is, like, swimming in her ridiculous uh, swimsuit that, like, covers every inch of her. It's so funny. It's my, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing because it's just like, I mean, yeah, it's like it's like a children's show. Let's go to the beach outfit. Like it's, it's and really I love that she's so like it's the water so low. She's just like how, kind of flo- she's just floating. She's not how, even really swimming. Yeah, how how old do you think Mel is supposed to be? I don't want to answer that. I don't know. I'm gonna look this up. Hold on. Yeah. You look that up while I finish up the episode. So she's in the pool and then this mechanical crab thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the mechanical crab thing. Uh comes out and uh and and starts attacking her. Um and she's like, Oh no, you were right, you were right. Uh I take it all back. Um and uh and he, he pulls her out or whatever and yeah, that's fine. Um but uh yeah, it's it's uh or I guess I guess she's not in there yet, but it like it sees her. In part three, like it's like, yeah, I'm going for it. That's gonna happen. Um, yeah, uh, the, the the yellow mechanical crab. Uh, so then the the chief uh, is uh, brought uh, before the the cleaner that he calls his pet, and he refers to himself as daddy, and asks uh, why why are you you know tell daddy why you're killing so many people. And it says, I need a body to live in. And he's like, oh, well, what's wrong with the other ones? And he's like, well, they're, they're all dead. He's like, okay, all right, fair point. Uh, and then the, the thing pushed the, – the chief it goes into like this container thing and uh, the creature uh, he, like reveals itself as Croagnon, the – uh, the architect of the building and it uh, basically like possesses the chief and then uh, the cleaners uh, like the, the they surround the doctor and a bunch of other people and like uh, they start attacking they like throttle the doctor with its claw um, and then that's how uh, part three ends he makes really good uh, cliffhanger face he like, has pretty good ones yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, the best one, the best one is uh, yet to come in, uh, you know, when, when, when he has literal cliffhanger face, um, (laughs) which is, (laughs) Nick, it's, it's the greatest cliffhanger in Doctor Who history. Is that Dragonfire? Yes, it's Dragonfire. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It's incredible. What'd you, what'd you find out about Mel? Well, uh, she was, her, her last name is Bush. Uh, which yes. was never said on the show, but it was later revealed by uh, some of the writers and producers. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was born in 1964. And um, canonically, she met the doc, technically met the doctor uh, in at age 25 in the year 1989. Oh my God. I never would have guessed she was 25. Wow. That seems old. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I would have thought she was like playing like a 17 year old or something. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. What what um is 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 Susan the youngest? I mean, you know, and the character, not the actress, but is Susan the youngest companion? 
Um, no, no. She's older than Adric. Oh, oh yeah, Adric. Adric's oh, the youngest. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the rudeness, tootinous cowboy in the whole oh, Wild West. I'll never know if that was right. <laughs> 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 I almost I almost shouted something that was gonna be a spoiler for Nick and I stopped myself. I won't remember. <laughs> no, you would remember this. Oh okay. man. You would have been like, hold on, hold on, stop everything. <laughs> what? Uh, so I'm we're not gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> carry us carry us through to part four, Nick. Yeah, so she's just 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 to recap, Perry currently Older than I am. Uh, uh, Mal, Mel, you Mel, you mean? Mel, Mel. Why do I keep doing that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's weird. So um, the Kangs free the Doctor. They all run away. Um, the 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 chief is the chief. The container that the chief was in uh, reveals itself, and uh, the um, the Croagnum has has taken the body of the chief, and now he's kind of silver. Like they kind of do this. They kind of paint his face a little bit, and he's he's kind of just like a Frankenstein's monster kind of deal. Um, so anyway, um, he declares that um, he's going to just destroy everyone in the towers, and the cleaners are going to help him do it. Um, the doctor and the Kangs uh, kind of have like a come to Jesus meeting, and uh, so she's he's like, "Hey, we we need to we we need we need to figure stuff out. We need to perform a corp." Corpolectostocropy. A corp a corpolesc a corpolescopy. Sure, yeah. Corpolextropy. A way uh-huh. to transplant the human brain onto a host body. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in this great swing pool in the sky, uh Mel's just kind of floating and just kind of like, I love this, this is great. And at first I was like, I kind of for a second I thought that Pex knew about the robot. Um but Anyway, uh, so <laughs> Mel gets attacked by the robot. Um, then uh, in the red, in the red. Okay, so the blues and the reds are together, and they're yelling at each other. And a fire escape arrives, arrives, and they start to head for the you know the pool in the sky. Uh, back in the pool, Mel's like, "What are you doing? Help me! I'm being attacked!" And Perry and uh, Pax is like, "Oh, you know." So so. Uh, Eventually, she manages to get a hold of Pex's gun and shoots the cleaner away, and the you know the cleaner sinks below the surface. Uh, meanwhile, in the chief's office, uh, the deputy uh, kind of senses very quickly that something's up with uh, the caretaker, <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, puts out the order regulation Z to the Z to the Z uh, <laughs> in order for the caretakers to act with extreme caution and return to the base downstairs. Uh, the Croagnon monster leads the cleaner through the corridors and spurts out jets of poisonous gas uh, just to whoever's nearby. Uh, a nearby caretaker falls and dies, and uh, the Croagnon uh, calls it calls him rubbish. Uh, Mel and Pex reunite with the doctor, and the Kangas are like, hey, look, it's the worst person in the whole Paradise Towers, and they start laughing at Pex. And uh, and he's about to just go deuce again, but then he's blocked by three resis, including uh, Maddie, the weird neighbor from the neighbor of the cannibals. And uh, they're like, "Hey, this is only going to work if we all work together. We can put aside our, our our petty differences and 
join against the real threat, which is the Promagnon or the Croagnon. Uh, the deputy, meanwhile, is approached by the Croagnon and he's like, you know what? The rules only apply if you're the dep if you're the chief caretaker, but you're not the chief caretaker. You're a Frankenstein, so I'm gonna go run away. So, um, after some inspirational words from the doctor, the blue and the red kangs uh, agree to work together with the resis and not Pex. But um, they uh, they claim to never work with the caretakers. But uh, then the deputy's like, "Hey, something's wrong. I'm gonna. We all need to team up because the Kraken's gonna like kill all of us." So they came up with a plan. Uh, so the deputy tells the doctor that they have like a secret emergency supply of just explosives <laughs> that they've been keeping. Awesome. And the doctor's like, yeah. And the doctor's <laughs> like, oh, okay. And so they're why like, they oh, were well. so scared of the, 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 the phys aid or whatever. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, okay. he found her stash. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they, they formulate a plan to, like, distract the, the Karagnan and throw um, explosives at it. But um, <laughs> meanwhile, the uh, the Karagnan is marking off all the floors that he's gassed. And he's, uh, he's about to go check on the pool zone. But then he finds out that the surveillance has been prevented by, quote, the great architect. Um, the doctor is outlining a plan. He's going to offer to meet the enemy. And then someone will, like, distract the Karagnan. And then, then he'll be trapped. Pex offers to do this. Everyone laughs uh, because it's Pex. And uh, Coragnon gets a message to come meet with the doctor. And then... Oh, did, but there, there's that really great part where he goes... Because the Coragnon, you know, he's possessing not Hitler. And he he's walking around like Frankenstein. So imagine Hitler walking around like Frankenstein. The doctor calling him and be like... Uh, hello, so no doubt you've heard of me. And he just goes, and he goes, thought so. (laughs) It's just, it's great. He just like stomps around. He doesn't bend any of his joints. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty magical. And, and that whole bit where the, where the Croagnon is like, um, where the deputy runs into him and, uh, and he's like, yeah, there's something off about you. Um, the, the Croagnon is like, when he possesses him, he's like uh, his costume change color. Yeah, it's like it's all chrome. Yeah, it's like all like, yeah, it's like metallic-y looking. It's, it's yeah, it's uh, like a Nazi Tin Man. Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think he just wanted an oil can, you guys. Oil can. So uh, Pex goes into the chief's oh, office yeah. and communicates with the Croagnon, and um, the the Croagnon agrees to accompany Pex. Uh, while they go to make their way to meet the doctor. Um, however, uh, Pex is afraid, so they're a little bit too fast. Uh, he wants to get this over with. So uh, they meet by this door, and the doctor starts like talking about how badly made this door is. And <laughs> I swear to God, um, the Croagnon's like, well, let me look. And then the doctor tries to push the Croagnon through the door, but the Croagnon's like, too strong. And so, uh, Pex, uh, you know what we need right now? We need someone strong. (laughs) We need someone who can punch. We need someone who can kick and we need someone who knows Kung Fu. So so Pex, 
in um oh in a in a move of of nearly Christ-like bravery, um, grabs uh, an explosive from Perry. gives Perry gives gives Mel one last loving glance and imagines perhaps a life that could have been, but a life that will never be his. Uh, he knows now why Mel cries, but he knows that it's something he can never do. And uh, he pushes the doctor out of the way and then tackles the Croagnum and they fall down the chute together and explode. <laughs> uh, and Peck's uh, the strongest, uh, the strongest, coolest guy in all of Paradise Towers. Um, his watch finally ends. Uh-huh. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, afterwards, um, the Kangs and the Rezies and the caretakers and the punks and the wasteoids and the the burnouts, <laughs> they all now think that that Pax is a is a righteous dude, and they uh, <laughs> they hold a ceremony and they honor his bravery and they like do a weird prayer circle. <laughs> they, they surround the fountain of happiness and they walk around it in circles, chanting "Hail Pax!" <laughs> Hail the Hail the unaligned. Hail, Hail Pex. Hail, Hail Pex. Hail Pex. I was like, well, these ladies really love Pex. And they uh, they pan over and Mel's like, poor Pex. And the doctor's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, we should probably get going. And uh, as a parting gift, the gang, the Krangs, the Krangs. Oh, my God, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the gangs give the doctor a scarf with both a red side and a blue side, but not a and, yellow side because they're yellow dead. Side, because they're dead and they don't matter. <laughs> uh, and they make the doctor an honorary Kang, and uh, tell the doctor leave the TARDIS, having regretted this entire afternoon. But <laughs> as they leave, as the TARDIS deteriorates, we see a wall scrawl with the words "Pex lives." <laughs> And the episode ends. <laughs> oh so, god! So, what do you, what did you guys think of Pex's sacrifice, and how do you think <laughs> you can bring it into you, how you were living your own lives? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes you need a tool, and sometimes you're the tool for the job. <laughs> He's the best at what he does, but what he does isn't very nice. <laughs> Did we talk about how before he leaves, he gives Mel like a gift and it's his gun? Like, oh, yeah, he gives him his this. gun as a gift. Remember me. I'm like, oh my God. It, and it's like <laughs> this big, stupid, like Jim Cameron gun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, huge. it's like the, the most little boy gift. Yeah. I want you to have my gun. I don't need it because I'm so strong with Kung Fu. But. It would be so amazing. <laughs> so amazing if she like had to shoot it at one point and it was just like one of those guns that like you pull the trigger back and it just makes the like <laughs> noise <laughs> damn it Pex <laughs> Pex so I never thought this could happen but I think Pex has replaced Craig as my as my favorite non-companion companion oh my god uh, he's amazing <laughs> Pex is you incredible. Ma- can you imagine the kind of crazy escapades and adventures this this this, this rowdy little boy would have made had he been able to get on the TARDIS? Could you imagine? Can you imagine Pex being a companion with Capaldi? Oh my god! <laughs> it's like I'm the biggest and the strong. It's like shut up. Can you imagine Pex like kicking and punching a Dalek until it like falls <laughs> over? <laughs> 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 
What are you doing? Stop, 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 stop. Ow, ow. He's too strong. He's too good at Kung Fu. Oh my god, Pex is literally a character like in Kung Fury. Like Yes. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's like he's like the he's like the guy uh he's like the guy who teaches uh Kung Fu classes that when you're a kid you think is the coolest person and then yeah. as you get older you're like oh, oh no <laughs> you're twenty six <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! He probably works at like a pizza place, like a, like he's a pizza pizza delivery guy. Yeah, Pex is uh, incredible. I mean, he, he just—he died for us. He did. He did. Oh, so good. Where uh, where do you think that door went? <laughs> heaven. Was that a? Was that like? Was that like the elevator shaft? I think it was an elevator shaft. Why were they calling it a door then? That's weird. Look at this weird door <laughs> that doesn't have a room and just goes straight down. What? I better check this out. Um, By standing on the edge and looking down. Pads. <laughs> oh, so good. I love this story. Cats, like what what is your what is your opinion of this story? Um, really- I actually like I was trying to remember which one this was, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's the, I think it's the dystopic apartment building. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to explain it to my friend, and she just kind of looked at me like I was just, I sprouted a third head. Because I was like, yeah, it's got girl gangs in a dystopic apartment building. Um, (laughs) But I, like. How how could she look like you have a third head? That sounds amazing. (laughs) She's about girl gangs. (laughs) Girl gang, a post-apocalyptic apartment building. I mean, I'm in for any one of those things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I'm telling you, this could be such a fun. Can you imagine what Russell T. Davies would have done with this? Like, oh concept? my god, he should have done a sequel. They should still do a sequel. I Dude, agree. I'm just saying, Maisie Williams as a red king, Sophie Turner as a blue king. <laughs> uh. Oh my god, they do they do a sequel where they bring back. They bring back Maisie Williams and uh, and and Jenna Coleman, and they're each like the leader of the red and blue gang. <laughs> but then at the at the end of the episode, we have like an an old open elevator shaft, and the camera's like slowly zooming in, and then we just <laughs> see like a hand, <laughs> and then it's just like Pex, and he's like forty now, and he's just like pulling himself up. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> No, but oh, I, Pex. I I don't remember the last time I saw this, um, so it was really fun to rewatch it. And like last week was everything I well, not everything I hate about Doctor Who, but um, pretty <laughs> pretty close. Uh, um, and this, like you were saying, is like it's very eighties, but it's like fun eighties, mm-hmm. not like gritty for the sake of being gritty. Um. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's my favorite McCoy story because I I love Battlefield. 
I love Battlefield. Battlefield uh, is probably Battlefield is probably my second favorite, and then uh, the the other story that I'm thinking of it's Ace, and there's like a there's like a there's like a space bus or something. Oh, Delta and the Bannerman. Yeah, Delta and the Bannerman. Yeah. My, my third favorite. Yeah. Um, but I think rewatching this, like, this is definitely up there in my like because there's so few McCoy stories too. Yes. Um, so it's kind of it'll it'll be fun to rewatch them this time around. Definitely. There's only there's, I, like there, there's not there's not a, there's not the, as many like out and out awful Sylvester McCoy ones, but there's a lot of like middle of the road ones. Yeah. Like um, the worst the worst one is Time in the Ronnie. Right. And, and we're already past that, which right. is great. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah. Uh it's uh God, this was good. I just <laughs> so much fun. Um wait, is Delta and the Bannerman next? Yeah, what? that's Mel's last story. Oh, for some reason I thought that was Ace. I always remember that story being an A story. Huh. No, it's because she goes off or yeah, spoilers. But yeah, yeah oh, she man. leaves. Oh my god, okay, so so yeah, Delta and the Bannerman is uh I, I have often called Delta and the Bannerman like if you have never seen Classic Who and your favorite era is the Russell T. Davies era, Delta oh, and the nice. Bannerman is it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's Delta so and the Bannerman is like straight up Russell T. Yeah. You're gonna love it, Nick. I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I'm so wait. So so is the next episode a a big Finnish audio adventure? Yeah, our next the next episode we're gonna cover is Storm Warning. <gasps> Charlie, uh, I love. Yeah, Charlie. which is the which is the introduction of Charlie, uh, the Eighth Doctor's uh, first audio companion. Mm. Um, and we're gonna start uh, start traveling down that road with him. That'll be that'll be uh, really exciting. It's a uh, it's solid. I, I think you'll. I think you'll really like Charlie Nick. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of of girls named Charlie in fiction, and so hopefully this will follow suit. She is an, an Edwardian adventurer. Adventuress. I don't know what that means. Adventuress. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, what's what, what, what's Edwardian? Uh, like the like the period in English history like you know how they named them at, like the elizabethan area era oh yeah victorian, victorian right yeah yeah it's edwardian um, um it's a blimp right yeah, yeah it's like a it's like an airship oh okay. it's an airship the king, yeah. the king ralphian yeah it's very uh the, this first one is very um uh bioshock infinity sort of oh nice that's yeah. that's my aesthetic yeah so so yeah oh wait is she like the girl from bioshock infinite Little bit, yeah. Nice. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Less of a slave, but yeah, a little bit. Oh. Um Well everyone and everyone compared to Bioshock is less than a slave. Well, fair. Uh so yeah, so we're gonna be talking about Storm Warning next week and then uh, we'll start getting back into New Who again. Um and uh those'll those will go down like butter, because they usually mm. do. Uh, like butter yeah they go down like butter and then and then it's over and then we're starting back over at first doctor again it's like oh and then uh and then we just start back the clock yeah so 
that'll be uh, that'll be good. Um, so yeah, that uh, that wraps up uh, today. We'll be back next week with Storm Warning. Yeah.